was living in a devil town. I didn't know it was a devil town. Oh Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town. Hey everybody, welcome to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, the podcast for the NBC television show Friday Night Lights. I'm your host Blake, coming to you from Oxford, Mississippi, and today we'll be looking at Tomorrow Blues, the 13th episode of the third season of Friday Night Lights. It's actually the season finale for the third season, but um, one of the great things about looking at this episode is that we know for certain that there are more episodes on the ways. Episodes for uh, seasons four and five are coming very soon. And as you see how this episode ends up, uh, the first time I saw it, I had no idea if there was going to be a next season or not. And so I was left in limbo and I thought two different things. I thought, A, if there's not another episode, another season to follow, it wrapped up some of the storylines very well. Um, it put some closure to a lot of uh, characters, to a lot of situations. But also, B, if there are to be other episodes to follow, it rewrote a lot of people's storylines to the fact that there's so much more potential that we'll see happening there. And so looking at it now in April, we can see very easily that there will be more to come out of Dillon, Texas, whether it be at Dillon High School or East Dillon High School. And for that, we're very, very excited. And also this week we have an exciting part of having another interview of one of the cast members. We have Whitney Hoy, who plays Madison Balmer. J.D. McCoy's girlfriend, so we look forward to that. And so, podcast is going to be good all around. One of the cooler things about this episode, I think, is that for the first time, we were able to follow what's going on in Dillon, Texas, outside of football season. Every other episode I've ever had is either in preseason or during the season, um, or postseason, I guess. But I'm saying it's always been during a time of football. And here we are, even open up the scene, they open up the episode with the scene from a Dillon High School baseball team and uh, playing some some baseball and then we have Riggins and Lila uh, by the pool providing some eye candy I think for a lot of different people both uh, guys and girls were able to get into that scene and then we also see Tyra and Landry uh, out swimming by a lake uh, so we can see that it's five months later and summertime is upon us here and so as um, Billy is getting ready for his wedding, um, also getting ready for his new business. As he and Tim are at, a, at the auction and bidding on some very ludicrous um, things there. Uh, they end up buying a, a steer, they end up buying the, the hydraulic lift that they actually went after, and even seeing some, uh, some art, if you want to call it that, that they may or may not have gotten there towards the end. But that was one of the most excited points I've ever seen Tim Riggins be in his entire uh entire story arc that we've seen him for seasons one through three. Um, we end up seeing that Lila is going to have an opportunity to go to Vanderbilt after all because of rich uncle Gary that Buddy and Gary do not get along, but um, Buddy was more than willing to uh, to do that for Lila because he loves her, he says, but also because I would think he screwed up royally um, with, uh, with his business ventures. Um, because of the tension we've seen brewing between uh, Joe McCoy and Eric Taylor there ends up being a meeting where Eric goes over to Joe's house and um, comes up and and walks into the palatial homestead of the McCoys and sees that uh, Joe ends up offering him an opportunity to stay with uh, Dylan High School after he sees that uh, 
that Joe and, and Wade Aikman have been out recruiting or uh, consulting with, whichever way you want to talk about, some uh, some high school players that will be coming to Dillon High School. And Joe basically tells them, if you can guarantee me that my son will start every game, bar an injury, the next three years, and that Wade Aikman will be able to make all the play calls on the field, if you can guarantee me that, then you have an opportunity to keep your job. If not, then no promises are made. And you can tell that Eric wanted to say so many things right there, but basically just said, well, I can tell you where you can put your offer and um, or what you can do with your offer and, and leaves after that. We do see Tyra finally gets into the University of Texas after being waitlisted uh, with 999 other folks. Um, one of those things that do you expect it or not is that one of those endings where we talked about last week, were the Panthers going to win the state championship or not? Um, obviously, Tyra was going to win a scholarship or not, and she did. It worked out for her. Um, and even though it's kind of a contrived scene to a bit, maybe that uh, I was actually really excited to, to see the acting chops that uh, Adrian Palicki was able to, to give there, and she did a fantastic, fantastic job with that. The school board meeting happens, and even before the school board meeting, the assistant principal told Tammy that she may want to excuse herself from this meeting, and she had to ask why. And he said, well, you know, Coach Taylor's contract is up for renewal, and he is your husband. And she said, well, there shouldn't be any worry with that. Why would he not? And that was one of the things I was thinking, too. This is a man who has taken the Dillon Panthers to two state title games in three years, won one of them, and came within one play of the other. So she sees no reason. You look at that meeting, and you can see that it seemed like everybody was pointing towards Wade Aikman. Wade Aikman had, a, had an opportunity to become the head coach if, if they don't renew his contract. He takes a few moments to speak on behalf of himself uh, and then leaves and goes to Billy and Mindy's wedding. But um, you can tell that things are not going to be going well. Tammy actually stayed at the meeting as the principal of Dillon High School. And when she ends up coming into the Riggins wedding, um, you can tell by the looking. She she and um, Connie Britton and Kyle Chandler are such professionals and communicate so much through a glance and body language. And um, she came and sat down next to him and looked at him. And so much was said with just a glance. And he says, you got to be kidding me. And then she tells him that the school board would like to offer him the opportunity to coach at the newly opened East Dillon High School. Uh, with the Lions there and he didn't say much and um, you end up seeing at the uh, at the wedding reception um, Matt and Julie are dancing a little bit and she says no your grandmother would really like to have been here because earlier in this episode Matt actually moved his grandmother into a retired living home um, I wouldn't call it necessarily a nursing home but it's definitely a retirement village of sorts um, she had to have all her knickknacks and all her old magazines and even her picture of Matt when he was from seventh grade so when she she can look at it whenever she forgets what he looks like um, and uh, on one hand that's kind of humorous but on another hand it's kind of sad realizing that Lorraine understands and knows that um, that her mental capacity is dwindling and she even needs a, a picture to be able to keep him in mind but um, after Julie told him that his grandmother would have really appreciated being there he says you know you're right and goes and gets her and makes her leave the retirement village and says, Grandma, everybody else in my life has always left me. Everybody's always dumped me. But you're the only person in my life that has never left me, and I'm not going to leave you. And so now we see that it looks like Matt Saracen's sticking around. 
and we wonder about um, Riggins. You know what? Lila gets in the, into um, Vanderbilt, and he and she says, "No, I'm not going because I want to stay here and go to San Antonio State with you, Tim." He says, "No, no, no, no. This is what you want. This is what you where you fit." Um, and I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy that keeps you back and that you're going to regret not being able to chase your dreams because of me. I want you to do this. And she didn't put up much of a fight. That's what she went ahead and did. But so now he's even, Tim's even thinking, well, I'm going to stay and, and help my brother who is now expecting a child. He finds out that, uh, that Billy and Mindy have a baby on the way. So and we can we can work at Riggs Riggins, I mean, Riggins Riggs together and um and drink beer and, and fix cars and, and have fun and, and live life and Billy actually gave a really good speech to him, one of the better mature moments I've seen from, from Billy Riggins. Specifically contrasts with him taking a leak in the kitchen sink last week. Um just saying about how, you know, you're you're my brother and you have a chance to go to college and you're gonna be the first Riggins that's gone to college and you know, my kids and your kids are going to look up to you and, and be able to know that they can do the same thing and not be stuck here in Dillon, Texas. But I'm not so sure I'm willing to accept that full-heartedly yet. I'm not so sure I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, that's that's what's going to happen there. Um, episode closed out with uh, Tammy and Eric making a trip, leaving the Riggins uh, Colette wedding reception and seeing the uh, the new fields there the new old field, his new field, but the very old field at um, East Dillon High School. And he drives up there and it fades to black as we see them just staring out and you get a sense of all the new possibilities that are there. And so as I said, it sets up perfectly for, for more seasons there. But um, again, there's been so much that's been happening in the past handful of episodes and could it get any better? And this one did. And so I think the writers did a fantastic job, even with the details there. Um, one of the things we did realize is that um, it seems they've pushed Landry and Julie back to being juniors again, and so they'll be able to be on, this, on the next upcoming seasons. Um, and we assume that some of the characters will be gone, Lila and Tyra, most people think are going to have some of the same finishing story arcs just as Street and Smash did. But um, what of new characters? Are there going to be new characters at East Dillon? Are we going to still keep up with some characters at, at Dillon High School? Um, is J.D. McCoy still going to be a part? Um, what about Madison? Uh, Madison, who showed up as JD's girlfriend and was highlighted in the last three episodes—not this one here, but the last three episodes—we saw her. I was actually able to to catch up with the uh, actress who plays Madison Balmer, um, Whitney Hoy, who is a senior at te- te- excuse me, who is a senior at Texas State University in San Marcos. Um, had a conversation with her and had. A, some good things to say about Friday Night Lights and the process and um, a little bit behind the scenes information that we can get. So here's an interview that we were able to have with Whitney Hoy. We are now welcoming Whitney Hoy to the, to the program. Uh, Whitney plays Madison Balmer on Friday Night Lights. Madison, I mean, excuse me, I call you Madison now. I'm so used to thinking of Madison when I see you, but uh, Whitney, how have you been today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Um, I know that uh, I know you have to be excited about having been a part of the show and the, the two new seasons coming up. But first of all, I just want to see a little bit of your own acting background and how you got to be a part of Friday Night Lights. Okay. Uh, well, um, I've been acting for as long as I can remember. Um, I'm actually going to uh, Texas State University in uh-huh. San Marcos, Texas right now. And um graduated in May with a uh, Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Acting. So um have that a lot of training with that program there. Um, uh, concerning uh, Friday Night Lights, 
I um, just signed with a new agent in uh, September, I think. And then um, maybe like a few weeks later, I went out for the audition. And uh, I had one call back, and I got to read with uh, Jeremy Sumter, who plays, you know, J.D. McCoy. Uh And uh, it just worked out really well and got the call that I got the part, and I was jumping up and down. (laughs) Were you a fan of the show beforehand, before you you had auditioned? Um, Actually, I had seen a few episodes here and there, um, but never really like sat down and watched the show. And then when I had the audition, you know, made sure I watched the full season so I could, you know, get a, a, a taste of the style and make sure I knew what I was doing. <laughs> right. And the taste of the style. I think one of the things that's unique about Friday night lights is the, the way it looks, but I've heard that a lot of the way it looks is, is dependent upon how y'all shoot it with three cameras and you never know which angle they're coming from at which time. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that, how that's unique from other acting experiences you've been in? Yes, it's very unique. Like never had that before. Um, you know, and, and there's no rehearsal. You just, you know, they trust you that you can get out there and do it. Um, a, a lot of it's improv. It is scripted and the, you know, the writing's awesome. So you're able to, you know, improv with what you have on that and make it your own. And, um, but, um, yeah, it's really different. Like you said, you don't know what angle they're going to use and, but, um, it's actually exciting. And I think puts you more into the situation that's at hand and whatever the scene is. And uh, you're able to find some really, really cool stuff. And, uh, hopefully it looks good. (laughs) Is it a big difference from, from, now, I know that you're in the middle of Macbeth or about to complete that there at Texas State. Can you talk about the differences between doing for a TV show that the preparation and the acting versus being live on stage? Uh, it's very different, very different process. You know, as theater, especially with Macbeth, we've been rehearsing since January. And um, granted, it is Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> but there's, um, yeah, the rehearsal process is, is you know, long, and you're always looking to to find something new with the scene. And, and th- I mean, that's kind of the same with, with film, film acting. Um, uh, but um, it, it's like completely two different worlds for yeah. me. Is there one you completely prefer more? Different. Is there one that you like more I, than the other? I, I just, I think that, I mean, there's nothing like being in front of, you know, a live audience, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the lights on you and while you're on stage, not awesome um but for film like me for film like i have butterflies just walking out onto set and um i it just it's more of a passion i guess that i have for film than i for theater from from working with season three i know that you're specifically in probably what was it three or four episodes where you're highlighted what are some of your your bigger memories from that you'll take away from season three uh season three um uh, I remember um, I, I wasn't even uh, on uh, supposed to be working that day, but um, David Boyd, he was uh, the director of my first episode that I did, um, episode ten. Um, he like called me and was like, "Hey, why don't you come out and just kind of sit here on set and kind of see how it goes and that kind of thing?" And I got to meet Mika, and she was really sweet, and um, got to sit, you know, um, behind the monitors and. Mm-hmm. And that was just really cool. I mean, I didn't have to work or anything, but I, I just felt like, and everybody was so nice and very welcoming. And I think that was my, well, I think probably my top favorite. <laughs> just being able to sit back and absorb it. Yeah. 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 Cause um, I mean, when, when it's 
when you're working, you know, you have to, like, you know, concentrate, be in character and that kind of thing. But sitting back and being able to watch everything, absolutely everything going on, like everybody working, you know, and not just the cast, but the crew, too. I've heard that it's a really big family of feel of sorts. There's not like a lot of egos, not like a lot of Hollywood-esque, you know, attitudes coming in there that everybody really is helpful and, and actually hangs out. Once they say cut, everybody actually still is, is friends off camera. Yeah, it, it's true. It's like a big family, um, you know, waiting uh, to go out on the set. You know, the cast members, we just all be outside of the trailers, you know, talking and joking and telling stories or whatnot. And uh, it was it's a lot of fun. It was, it was a good experience. Absolutely. Now, will we find out anytime soon? Will you know yourself if Madison will be a part of seasons four and five upcoming? No, um, I mean, I hear good things about, you know, people wanting her to come back and uh-huh. I'm keeping my fingers crossed and, you know, wishing on shooting stars. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I have no clue. Well, I hope no, it does I, happen. Yeah, I, come back. I hope so too. Because <laughs> I want to see, uh, I want to see Madison's dad and Joe McCoy get into that argument that, uh, that you were talking about that day. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. I mean, she has a lot to give, you know, she can stir up some more trouble and, you know. There's, there's more to Madison than meets the eye. <laughs> having said that, do you, are you able as, as an actor, actress to know a lot more of your character's backstory or do you pretty much know what you've read in the script or do you know other things about like her family history and, and things that, that help you to, to give her the character? Um, well, um, like did the writing give me ideas as right. to the background story? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I think the writing does. I mean, I think that that helps with, you know, the training that I've had is because I think it's very important to have a, a background story prepared and just, I mean, I think, you know, any anybody, just a regular person has a background. So sure, sure. I think it's important to give a character just the same. Cool. So. Is, uh, tell me some of your other history. You said that you've been acting for a while. I, I remember reading, looking at your uh, your website that uh, you've been in a, a couple of different projects and you have actually some, you know, coming up soon that you're hoping to be able to, uh, to be, you know, wide, widely spread. Um, is there anything special that's happening that you'd like to tell us about? Uh, yeah, I just wrapped on a film in Dallas and uh, it's called the final and it's with Agora entertainment uh, studios. And um, it was like one of the, I very high top of my list of experiences. I had so much fun. They just everybody was, you know, a big family, just like Friday Night Lights. You know, there's something about Texas <laughs> that makes you just like love everybody. Um, but um, no, that I, I'm really, really proud of uh, that project, and, and hopefully, you know, it'll it'll get picked up, and you know, a theatrical release would just be amazing. Cool. So, it's exciting. It's a the genre is a horror film. Okay. And it's about. Uh, you know, based on, you know, the outcast in high school versus the popular people. Okay. So you have to, you have to wait and see um, what happens. Now, are you, are you from Texas originally? Yes. Originally, I am from Weatherford, Texas. Okay. So is, yeah. is there any memories there that take you back to high school, being on set and going through the school, going through the football games and everything? Does that remind you of high school at all? Oh, yes. Um, especially on Friday Night Lights, you know, Dylan High uh-huh. School, and everybody comes out to the buses, you know, and, and uh, wishes, you know, good luck to the players as they leave. That was exactly like my high school. And, uh, you know, I was a cheerleader in high school, so, um, you know, we got to go to the games, and it was 
it's just, it's just kind of funny. You know, you go back and you're like, wow, I feel like I'm in high school again. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, um, anything else that, uh, that, that's, what's the unknown secret about Friday Night Lights? Something that, uh, that most people wouldn't understand or know, not understand, but most people wouldn't know goes on there. Is there anything like a, who's the biggest, you know, jokester on, on the cast? Who's, um, you know, one of the most more serious uh, people that's not like their character. Um, I think well, the, the, the one person who's probably nothing like his character is um, W. Moffat. I mean, okay. he plays a pretty uh, tough guy, you know, on JD and, uh-huh. and on the show. And um, but man, like in the the makeup trailer, like he, when he and uh, Brad Leland got together, man, they'd be cutting jokes like nothing and you just like just have to like sit there and watch them they were so entertaining (laughs) just listening to them watching them yeah he's a good actor because you really especially after the the conflict in um applebee's parking lot with he and and jd you really cannot stand him and i think it escalates as the you know last week and then what we'll see that's coming friday night as well that so he plays that character to a t to really make the the audience loathe him pretty much oh yeah yeah, I think I think it's definitely quite a compliment to him, you know, knowing that, I mean, you saw that scene. I mean, that was a pretty intense scene, but, man, just when, when he's off set, he's just, he is a wonderful guy to be around. Well, very nice. Well, we appreciate you being able to be a part of the podcast, and um, hopefully for, for next season and even season five that you'll be able to be a part of that. I know that we, as fans, everybody's excited about the, uh, the renewal and hoping that it can extend on and that we get to see a lot more of Madison and, her with JD and, and everything like that. Yes, me too. I'm very excited. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, too. And a big thank you to Whitney for being able to be a part and uh, giving up her time to be on the podcast and looking forward to possibly some extra people involved with the show that will be able to be on in the near future. And now we're going to move into listener feedback and a new section that we have this time in and our podcast is getting feedback through Twitter. And so I'd put out on our Twitter page, which is twitter.com slash FNL podcast, asking people what their favorite part of the season finale was, whether it was something that made them laugh or cheer up or cry or get mad. What were their favorite parts? And we've got a slew of responses here, so we'll go through um, all of them really fast. Uh, Pantherama said, favorite part, there were so many, but probably the last scene with Coach and Tammy. Um, and also made her tear up with Matt dropping his grandmother off at the nursing home. Pantherama also said that what made her laugh and cry were the Taylors giving Julie her car and Tammy and Eric dancing and her telling him that she'll always be there for him no matter made her melt. Um, CBS, excuse me, CB Shawty said his favorite part was Tyra getting into the University of Texas. Uh, what made him mad was Coach Taylor losing his job uh, and Matt getting grandma and staying in dealing with Julie uh, made him cry. Stephanie F. 54, and what made her cheer up was Matt, 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 and Grandma. And what made her laugh was Tim Riggins worrying about the, quote, me time at San Antonio State. Lope, Texas, loved the auction scene with Billy and Tim. Uh, Friday Night Lights really understands rural Texas. Steers, hydraulic lift, and dear butt art. Good times. Skiskali said that the best part was look on Tim Riggins' face when he told Lila to go to Vandy, and the worst was Saracen's decision to stay in Dillon. Whitey XC514 thought that the best part was where Riggins said, where's the me time? He thought it was hilarious, and just the way that 
he delivered that line was classic Riggins. And David Houston, VO, said that he was angry in the episode that they cut out his baseball coach character from the opening. He says that, I kid, mostly. But um, David Houston is actually one person who has been an extra on the show and was actually playing the part of the baseball coach in the very opening scene. Um, and he had a line like, bring it in, guys. Um, Rob Free said that scene coach in that dilapidated East Dillon Field was world-shattering. And Lucky Dog 104 said it was too hard to name a favorite part, but he guesses the fact that it set up so many scenarios for the next season um, was great. And he's guessing that he will now be a lion. Goldilocks thought that um, Tyra and Landry was something she really loved. She hated Joe McCoy, and she cried at Matt Saracen. And she says to uh, screw the boosters for not standing up for Eric. Go Lions. I am Schmid, or I'm Schmid. Loved Matt bringing his grandmother to the wedding reception and loved that Eric and Tammy remained strong together in the face of such bad news. An FNL fan forever thought that Tammy and Coach at the end looking under the field was a favorite. Julie and Matt staying together and Riggins' brother telling him that he had to go to college. All of those were good. And Tyron getting into college was awesome and Lila making the right decision to go to Vanderbilt. And then the classic part of the show, she thought, were the wings on Mindy's wedding dress. And finally, Rosalie Elaine said that she loved finally seeing Tyra and Landry's relationship grow stronger than it ever has been. And that was the highlight of the episode for her. And we encourage you to uh, to come into Twitter. Uh, check out twitter.com and sign up and register there. And you can follow us. And there's even a handful of characters that are on Friday Night Lights that are uh, on Twitter, too. You can check those out. But um, Twitter, you can leave us some comments. So you can get some good uh, things about the show we have going on. And now we're going to go into our voicemail. We have two voicemails, and uh, let's go to those right now. Hey, Blake, this is Jay in Dallas, Texas. Actually, I'm driving through Dallas to my home in a suburb of Dallas. But in any case, uh, hey, man, I, I appreciate um, the podcast. I'm I, a little late on this Friday Night Lights bandwagon. Uh, it's not really a bandwagon because the show's worth it, but um, – that said, I'm going to try to catch up over the summer on the on the back episodes. But until then, I, I appreciate the nuances that that you bring uh, to the podcast because it helps me understand a few of the scenes a little bit better. Just just the small things uh, here and there. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, what kind what storyline should I be looking for that that maybe as a newcomer, um, it, it doesn't just jump out at me. Uh, maybe something. Maybe there's some relationships or something that that I don't really probably don't grasp grasp yet um so i I was just wondering that so i want to call and then see if i could get your thoughts on that on uh, one of your future uh, podcasts all right appreciate it keep it up this is brendan in west virginia hi how you doing i'm sad that the season is over but wow what an ending it was really really awesome i just watched rachel getting married you know this indie movie that people have been talking about all year and the 15-minute wedding scene in the Friday Night Lights finale was so much better than anything in that movie. There's this really great um, Landry and Tyra scenes almost made me cry, and then Matt and his grandma almost made me cry, and then the coach and Mrs. Coach. It's just incredible when she walked into the church and they just looked at each other. There's no other TV show that can convey something like that look. Anyway, it's really great. I'm sad it's over. Uh, looking forward to future seasons. I don't know if you've talked about this before, but Jason Kattens wrote for My So-Called Life, and uh, I don't know if a lot of your listeners are not familiar with that show, but if they're not, they should check it out because it's really great 
too. There were only 19 episodes. And uh, Friday Night Lights is probably the best TV show since then, in my humble opinion. Thanks for the podcast. I hope that you can keep it going somehow. Maybe revisit past seasons or something. And I'll try to contribute more. Bye. Congratulations on starting to get involved and be a part of Friday Night Lights, and thanks for the for the voicemail. But um, at the, I'm going to actually throw this back to the community as a whole, and ask for other people to uh, to comment, to call, to uh, to send an email, and let us know what you think are some of the things that he needs to be looking out for specifically. Um, what do you know after having been through three seasons of Friday Night Lights that he needs to be looking for um, on the front end, or does he need to? have our input does he need to try to find his own his own things as he goes through there Um, but i think that uh relationships are key and i think one of the things i would just say without giving too much um has too much into it is to be looking at how many people the tailors influence how many people the 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 tailors touch with their lives and um, how they care for them and to see some of the you don't have to look as when you start season one and to get where you've been watching a few of season three, as you go back through to see some of the, the changes that the characters go through. And you don't realize it quite as much until you actually go back and, and watch some of the earlier episodes, uh, first season, second season, once you're already here. But um, you see a lot of shifts in maturity and um, just some of the differences. And one of the, Well, not to give two things away, but uh, some of the people that did not get along towards the beginning of season one uh, became really, really good friends later on, um, which I thought was interesting. And I don't know if that was intentional or not by the writers or if it just kind of that's what happened as it went on or by necessity or not. But um, And thanks, too, to Brendan from West Virginia. Um, Rachel getting married, I, I gave that movie a shot, thought I was going to like it, and ended up not finishing it. My wife, I think, did. But uh uh, I would agree wholeheartedly that I would rather um, watch the same Friday Night Lights episode over and over and over and over again than uh, than go through Rachel getting married again. Not that it's a, not a bad movie; it just seemed it ended up not being my style. But the wedding scene was fantastic, um, and I, I agree with you too about my so-called life. Uh, great show. I remember watching it some actually. I think when I was in college, and um, I wish it would have been able to keep going. Um, interesting about the possibilities throughout the summer looking back through some of the earlier episodes and um, just talking about the show and maybe even going back through some of those things that Jeremy was asking about how the characters have um, shifted and changed and um, how we can look through some of that so uh, thanks for the for the ideas there Uh, maybe going back through some of that as we get through the summer one of the emails that I I got this week was actually from a, a lady who works as an extra on the show and she was commenting about this previous episode um underdogs and she was talking about how in the pep rally scene we see at the very beginning i'd ask the question did you expect jd and katie mccoy to shift to protecting joe mccoy after the previous week's um emotional ending with joe abusing jd up against the backside of their their suv and she says i'm an extra for the show and it was she was present for the pep rally and a scene that didn't make television was when the parents were presenting their players with state patches. And she was curious, and she watched J.D.'s response to both mom and dad. She said that Katie McCoy got a big hug and a kiss, and dad not so much at all. So she thought that there had been a rift where J.D. wasn't speaking to his dad, maybe even still staying with the Taylors, because after all, everyone else in Dylan, it seems that they've stayed with the Taylors at some point. She's hopeful that her turn will come soon next season, and 
she was very disappointed to see that JD and Katie close ranks around Joe because she believes that he does not deserve it. Um, she thinks that JD's emotions uh, and family struggles both were uh, a little bit of the. She believes that both JD's emotions from her family struggles and also in the experience of the big time Texas football games were the cause for, um, I guess, his meltdown in the state game. Uh, she says it's both, and that JD was very nervous and hamstrung, high strung, excuse me. <laughs> and it all seemed to come to a head there. She said that coach was a very convenient scapegoat, telling JD that he made the call to uh, Child Protective Services. She had a quick comment about coach telling that to JD. Um, Lorianne says that her husband uh, was, she and her husband were debating about this, that he felt that Coach shouldn't have taken the blame for making the phone call when, in fact, it was Tammy that made the call. But um, Lorianne felt that this was the least that Coach could do for Tammy, considering that he had lied to her the week before at Applebee's when he had said that he did not know anything going on with the redistricting. Um, she said that uh, she thought that Tim Riggins leaving his cleats on the field was significant because he was leaving his whole high school scene behind him and he was growing up and she thought that it was about time for, for him to do that. Um, and she said that she thought that Landry was just awesome in that 12th episode, Underdogs. It was nice to see him shine and not be Matt Saracen's sidekick like so often happens. And she thinks that Landry's really gained lot of Tyra's respect after the Giving Tree speech, and you can see how that rubbed off with him this week. And again, even this past, this final episode when uh, he pulls over on the side of the road and basically chews, chews her out about, you know, I don't care what everybody else is thinking and what everybody else is saying, you know, I believe in you and quit worrying about all that. And when I'd ask how satisfying was the game when you think of the up and downs, Saracen switching quarterback and then the last few minutes of the game, and she said she thought it was awesome and tragic all at the same time. She was cheering for Coach on when he took Jay out and put Matt in, and she was ticked off when, uh, when they didn't win until she heard Coach's speech, and then she realized that in a very different way, each one of those players did win, and thanks to NBC and DirecTV, so do we all, which, uh, which I agree with her there, that we all have been able to score a win because of that. And Alex wrote in and uh, said that, that never seen a show with such great acting. This show is awesome and doesn't get the attention it deserves. I don't think NBC does a good job marketing it, and if it was on Fox or ABC, it would probably be one of the most popular shows on television. Every actor plays their parts perfectly. I especially love Tim Riggins, Coach Taylor, and Matt Saracen. These actors should be very proud, and this show is great. And so I'd have to agree with Alex on that. Um, I, I'm not trying to, to diss NBC by any means, but I, I think that they could do a better job promoting the show, and um, I, I could see it doing very, very well on a different network too. I'm not saying the blame is completely NBC's, but uh, sometimes the decisions they make with marketing, sometimes the decisions they make with the time slot placement uh, make me scratch my head. Uh, that's the best way I know to put that. So I wish it was it was on at a, at a different time. And we had some comments on the blog. We had Chris, who is a regular commenter. Thank you, Chris said that after seeing the team lose the state championship game, he knew enough not to expect that Tyra would get into the University of Texas. 1,000 kids were on that waiting list, and he actually felt somehow that she'd be a bridesmaid once again, all over again with such long eyes, but that the scene where she opened the letter was emotionally superb. We needed something to ease the pain after seeing the team lose their final game a week earlier. He thinks that we're seeing enough of the main characters going to higher education that Tim Riggins will most likely stay at home in Dillon. Also thinks that he won't be fixing cars and drinking beer with his brother either. He asked would it be too far-fetched to see him in some religious capacity. Not to him. Tim had a very good inner core. 
the whole redistricting thing is a mess. Uh, but Coach Taylor stood off to the side, and it was an observer. He was an observer rather than a participant. Joe and Buddy led that whole effort, which means that Coach Taylor has some leverage over the both of them, and all he has to do is go public with the whole zigzag boundary, and those two will be cut down to size. He says it's a strange dynamic that Tammy staying at Dillon High School and Coach Taylor going to East Dillon, um, which is why he thinks that cooler heads may prevail. Can Coach, can Coach Taylor build an entire successful football program in a decrepit stadium within a 13-episode season? He'd like to see them try, which is another way of saying I hope that they don't. Um, Cynthia commented and said that she thinks that Coach Taylor has assessed his situation both good and bad and realized that the East Dillon job offered a release from the vice grip that Joe McCoy had him in. He probably sees the challenge for himself in building East Dillon's football program and basically from scratch. I don't see Coach Taylor as a person who would let disappointment, loss, or betrayal get to him for long. I imagine coaching football in Texas is a job not with a lot of security. He knows that and he knows this and that it can move, move fast and so that he can move on too. Uh, Cynthia is excited for Coach Taylor. And it seems that Tammy and Eric being at different schools is also something that they'll most likely turn into a positive. If any couple could, it would be these two. And the conflicts that do arise will make for a good storyline. But Garrity is also freed up if you think about it. Lila is off to college and Joe McCoy is such a dominant force in the Dillon football program that if Buddy finds that he's more appreciated is Dillon, he may make the switch. We'll see. And the new coaching position kind of explains the lack of characters carrying over. The focus next season will be on the Taylor family and the rebuilding job that Coach has ahead of him. And of course, there will be a whole new slate of characters with a new school. By the way, she asked, was I under the wrong impression that East Dillon was a new high school? So to understand this correctly, East Dillon High School is being reopened or what? And um, If you notice, East Dillon is already there and I think that uh, even Coach Taylor made a comment a couple of weeks back that they talk about it you know, every year about reopening East Dillon. Uh, it never happens. He says it never will. Obviously, it is now. And um, I think on the fence there at the football stadium, you see where they said that back in 87, they may have won the state title then, so over 20 years ago. But East Dillon has had some success in the past. J.C. Cody comments and says, um, Blake, I stumbled onto your podcast uh, inside a few weeks ago. Like everyone else, I'm a huge Friday Night Lights fan. I grew up playing Texas high school football. And in fact, I was playing around the time that the Odessa Permian Panthers, the team the movie is based on, and the book, the original book, Friday Night Lights, was written about, was dominating the state of Texas. The show is incredibly well written, directed, produced, and acted. It's great, which worries me because it seems the only television that people really want are reality shows or badly written sitcoms. That brings up my two biggest worries. How can the Friday Night Lights fan base grow with a show that runs on a satellite provider months before its network airing? And two, how will Clear Eyes Full Hearts, the podcast, provide content with such a large gap of time? I feel like we got two shows that I love going on a very long hiatus. Um, I think, I think JC, you bring up some good points there. Um, we don't know exactly how the fan base will be able to grow as much as we would like it to. And I think that's up to us as fans to be able to spread the word, to be able to um, to tell people how much we appreciate the show and why it's not just about football. And um, the second question was how will Clear Eyes Full Hearts, the podcast we're all listening to right now, provide content with such a large gap of time and. Maybe we will do some off-season things where we look at we look at some of the previous episodes and go through some news, um, and a little bit more about that towards the end. But uh, JC goes on. JC Cody says, "This is getting too long, so I cut to the chase." The season finale sets up 
a great springboard for a marvelous show and, and storylines next fall. Coach Taylor will be the underdog against the odds, David and Goliath. To me, the final scene where he takes Tammy to the field says one thing, this is where I will make my stand. Saracen will stay to take care of his grandmother, and the art between he and Julie will continue to build. Tim Riggins will go to San Diego State, but the question is, can he stay there? If you watch the scenes of the wedding between Buddy and Tyra's mom, JC says that he sees them hooking up next year. Uh, it was brought down, the, the relationship brought down Buddy's marriage earlier, and it could lead to something interesting now. And the big showdown next season will be between Coach Taylor's Dylan Lions, East Dillon Lions, as they go after JD and the Panthers. Uh, JC asked, Does Coach tell his team to hurt JD? I doubt it, but it will be dramatic. JC says also that he's confused about East Dillon. I thought they were creating a whole new school, not rebuilding one that had been shut down. That would easily explain how they can open the doors before next year. And also one note, even in the state of Texas, any coach that took his team to the state finals, as many times as Coach Taylor did, would never be replaced, no matter how much money a booster threw around. Um, And I would agree. The only thing I can lean on is to say that maybe – with the promise of J.D. McCoy for three more seasons in his golden arm, and Joe McCoy for three more seasons in his golden wallet may be enough prospect for the for the boosters to want to do that. Chris comments again and says, is it a done deal that Taylor is the coach of the East Dillon team starting next season, or is there some shoe that may drop causing Joe McCoy's plan to fall apart? I know that this fade to black left us with the impression that coach had been railroaded to the other school. I'm just thinking that he may have other cars to play, like the redistricting, that may easily reverse the whole thing. Maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. And Sicily posted uh, a few hours back and said, I absolutely expected Tyra to make it into the University of Texas. That girl has such a hard life, and when you think about it, she's the only female character in the show who has a redemptive arc. The other female characters who are all pretty much good girls who occasionally made a bad choice. But Tyra was, in my opinion, the female counterpart to Smash. I'm trying to care about the McCoys, but I just can't. It largely has to do with Janie Turner and her way too severe eye makeup and D.W. Moffat's scenery tune. The thing I've always loved about the show is that even with the bigger-than-life characters, they were usually played with subtleties. These two came on as a gigantic plot device, each of them, that we can see coming a mile away. And Maybe I'll change my mind about them next season, but as it stands now, I would not miss them if they suddenly packed up and moved to South Georgia. Regarding Buddy's loyalties, as much as he admires and loves Eric, his loyalties lie with the Dillon Panthers, as they always will. Still, now that Joe McCoy is in town and has much deeper pockets than Buddy ever did, I think we see Buddy start to see the writing on the wall and realize that he's no longer needed. This could have a tremendous potential and impact now that Lila is gone. A continuation of the lost Buddy we've seen over the last two seasons, which, was, which will position him for a very good redemptive arc. I love to see that. I would love to see that, and who knows, maybe Santiago may actually even come back. Well, that does it for our listener feedback. Again, if you want to have any comments to be put on the show, you can call us again at 206-339-5531. You can visit the blog at fnlpodcast.com and leave a comment there, which we, which we have uh, a reaction post that usually comes right after the episode has been posted so you can have some feedback there a few questions and also uh, after the podcast itself is put up you can comment on the podcast you can email us at fnlpodcast at gmail.com 
or send us a Twitter message at twitter.com slash FNL podcast. And you can follow us there. And um, we put out some some news and some questions and some uh, interesting quips here and there about the show. And that about does it for our recap and our reactions and our comments on the 13th episode of this third season, the season finale. Where do we go from here? I think that we'll probably have at least one more podcast in the next week or so. That's kind of a recap of the entire season. Um, And I have a friend of mine and maybe a couple of friends I think that are going to be able to be a part of that. Hopefully we'll be lining up a couple of more um, interviews we can do with those people who are involved with the show in different capacities. Looking forward to those. And as the summer goes through, we're looking to uh, maybe have some recaps of some of the episodes of the first two seasons and maybe even go through some of the first part of season three as we didn't get started with this podcast until uh, about just over midway through. Um, But as always, we welcome your suggestions. We welcome your input. How can we make this podcast better? How can we improve it to be something that you're not just proud of, but very excited about telling your friends about? How can we as as a podcast help become a tool to make Friday Night Lights be more widely watched, uh, widely appreciated, and um, the ratings go up and hopefully continue on, not just for seasons four and five, but beyond that as well. So as we said, you can leave some of that feedback through any of the ways we listed before, blog, Twitter, email. And one of the things that I think is really going to need to be addressed is that clear out full hearts can't lose was the motto of the Dillon Panthers. And if Coach Taylor is going to be with the East Dillon Lions, is that motto still going to be there or not? And if it is not, then do we need to change the name of the podcast from Clear Eyes Full Hearts to something basic, Friday Night Lights podcast or something like that? Um, anyway, something to think about. We, we ask you to, to give some comments about that as well. So until next time, uh, keep up with us on, on the blog, on Twitter, and we'll be with you very, very soon. Looking forward to it. Clear Eyes Full Hearts. Can't lose.